0: <laughs> and laughs Theater of the Mind The best love programs from radio's golden age Only on Zoomer Radio Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor
1: Well, thank you, and welcome to the show Come the end of April, we all have to face the inevitable Doing our taxes Is there anything more frustrating than then to have to undertake that. You know, the receipts, where the heck did I put them? And all the other questions to offer up to the heavens, along with a few choice words, I'm sure. Well, take heart, you're not alone. Let's hear from Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve, who himself is having a tough time doing his taxes.
2: Kraft presents the Great
3: Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah.
2: Cheese Company will also bring you the Craft Music Hall every Thursday night. Present each week at this time, Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve, written by John Wheaton and Sam Moore. In on the Great Gildersleeve. It's a cold winter Saturday, and he's at home, occupying himself with some papers that look very important, while mm. Leroy plays happily by the fire with his Christmas puppy.
3: If you claim a credit in line 15, disregard lines 19A and B, complete schedule L1 on page 4, and enter result in line 19C. Gibberish. Has the puppy eaten this morning, Leroy?
4: Sure, he ate and ate and
3: ate. I wonder if I could put him down as a dependent. Yeah, I suppose not.
4: What are you going to help me build a house for, a Monk?
3: A house? Not today, Leroy.
4: What's your promise? I
3: know, but i got to get started on this confounded income tax.
4: I thought it didn't have to be until March.
3: Don't worry, it'll take till March to finish it. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, if line 20 is larger than line 21D, enter the difference here and also as item 20, page 1. If not, see item 23. The dog is right. <laughs> Line 20. Confound it, Leroy. He'll have to keep the dog quiet. This thing is very complicated.
4: Well, if he had his own house, he could go there and not bother anybody.
3: I can't build it today, my boy, but I've got to have quiet.
4: Okay. Have to be quiet, Stinky.
3: Yeah. What? What'd you call the puppy, Leroy?
4: Stinky. That's his name. Since when? Since yesterday.
3: <laughs> well, I won't have him call that. I'll have to find something more suitable.
4: Oh, gosh, he likes it, Unc. It suits him fine.
3: If you'd give him a bath, it wouldn't be so appropriate. (laughs) Why don't you go and give him a bath right now?
4: It's bad for puppies to have baths in the winter.
3: Nonsense. Who told you that? You did. Oh. Uncle
5: Lord, has the mail come
3: yet? Mail? I don't know, my dear. I haven't looked.
5: (laughs) Oh, what's the matter, stinky?
3: Marjorie. (laughs) What did I do? I do not like the name for the puppy. Can't we get a more dignified name for him?
4: Like what? He wants to call him Rover.
3: I didn't say anything about Rover. Although Rover's a nice name for a dog. Here, Rover. Here, Rover.
4: Doesn't seem to go for it. <laughs> you can't expect him to know it the first time.
3: Here, Rover. Nice Rover. Come, to Uncle Mart. Rover. Rover. <laughs> Don't you growl at me, you little mutt.
5: He's not a mutt, he's an Airedale.
3: An Airedale? Well, he behaves like a mutt. Oh,
5: he can't help it. I'm going to get the mail.
3: Yeah, why don't you go somewhere too, Leroy? Take the dog with you.
4: Oh, it's too cold to go out. What is that to do?
3: Uh, go practice your piano. You haven't practiced all week.
4: Okay. Come on, Stick. Come on, Rover.
3: <laughs> Victory tax credit. <laughs> this is a Lulu.
5: Here you are, Camoy. Some lovely mail to cheer you up. Huh? What is it? A bill from Dr. Hargrave.
3: Huh? Certainly didn't lose any time. I wonder what he'll have the nerve to charge me. All those fancy instruments, complicated tests. Well, I won't pay it, that's all. The robber. Well, what is it? To professional services, two dollars. Yeah. What does he think I am, a pauper? <laughs> Leroy. See, there's something about deducting medical expenses on your income tax. Here. Instruction 15. The deduction is limited to such expenses as. Oh
6: Leroy! Leroy! Oh Leroy!
3: Leroy, answer Bertie! Confound it, I've gotta have quiet here. What do you
4: want, Bertie? Did you feed Sticky this morning?
3: Bertie? What's the matter,
4: Mr. Gilsey?
3: That's not the name I want that puppy called. It's very offensive.
0: It sure is, but it fits him.
4: (laughs) What I want to know is, how long is he going to be sleeping in my kitchen? Yeah, if he had a doghouse.
3: Quiet! I've got to have absolute quiet here. Yes. That's more like it. Now, single person not living with husband or wife, 25%, plus 2% for each dependent, of line four, but not more than $500 plus $100 for each dependent. By George, I give up. Come on, Leroy, let's build a doghouse for Stinky. It's <laughs> dark as your hat down here. You go ahead, Leroy, and turn on the light.
4: I yeah, well, if I can find it.
3: It's right over where the workbench is.
4: I know, but where's the workbench?
3: Right under the light.
4: Big help you are. Ouch! What's the matter? I bumped into something.
3: Well, why don't you watch where you're going? Oh, oh. See, who left that there and what is it? It's
4: my sled.
3: What's your sled doing in the cellar? Oh,
4: just polishing my runners.
3: If I find it here again, Leroy, I'm going to burn it. Now turn on the light.
4: I've got it. There.
3: Leroy, I thought I told you to clean up this place way before Christmas. I did, hey, Unc. You did. Just look at it.
4: I know. Isn't it terrible? You clean up anything around here, and right away, somebody messes it up.
3: Yes.
4: (laughs) It's discouraging.
3: I give up. Let's get on with the doghouse.
4: Yeah, let's. Here's a soapbox I've been saving. Soapbox? I thought if we cut a hole in one end for a door and put a roof on it... That's no good. Why not?
3: In the first place, it's not big enough. We need something about three feet six inches.
4: Three feet six inches? The dog is only a foot long.
3: He won't always be a puppy, you know. You have to remember we're building for the future here. Besides, whatever's worth doing at all is worth doing well. Remember that. Get me one of those long boards over there.
4: They got nails in them.
3: We'll pull them out.
6: Oh. <sighs> <It's... laughs>
3: That's the stuff, my boy. Now lay it on top of this soapbox and we'll saw it into lengths.
4: Can I saw
3: Perhaps after I've shown you how.
4: For corn's sake, I've been sewing all my life.
3: Well, there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything, my boy. You might as well start by learning the right way. Okay. First you observe, I take the ruler, and I measure it off very carefully. Exactly three feet and six inches. Then? Unc. What?
4: The ruler. Wrong end.
3: Oh. <laughs> 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 Don't mark these very clearly, my boy. There. Now, the saw. Here you are. Thank you. Uh, now about saws. There are two kinds of saws. The cross cut and the... um uh, The other kind. Rip. Where? What?
4: Rip saw. That's the other kind.
3: Oh, very good. Rip. <laughs> you know how to tell them apart? No. How? Well, um, uh, takes experience. <laughs> All these things call for experience.
4: What kind is this? Huh? The saw, is it a cross-cutter or a rip-saw?
3: Well, sort of in between. (laughs) Now, observe the way I hold it, Leroy. Lightly, yet firmly, being careful at all times not to drop it or bank it, bang it against anything. (laughs) Uh, Teeth are very delicate, you know. I know. Now, you take your piece of wood, so... You place it on the box, and you put your knee on top of it to steady it. Yes. Are you watching? I'm watching. Next, I raise the saw... Take careful aim And start in with a smooth, even stroke
4: You hit a nail, Unc
3: Eh, darn bored That's the trouble with it
4: That's bad for the saw
3: You don't have to tell me, Leroy Only it wasn't my fault But I'll tell you We'll make the doghouse Three feet, five inches That way we'll miss the nails
4: Yeah, but there's a knot
3: A knot? Yeah All right, three feet, four That'll miss the knot.
4: <laughs> well, we may have to take a couple of inches off the dog, but let her rip.
3: <laughs> Darn wood? Fine. Must be green.
4: You know what? Um, what? I figure we're gonna need about 48 pieces like this.
3: 48?
4: Well, there's the bottom, two sides, two ends, and two pieces for the
6: roof.
3: She all this for a dog. <laughs>
6: Smile, I'm tired.
3: Oh no! Liz.
6: Hey, I'm. Um, your coat.
3: Never talk to a man when he's sawing, Leroy.
6: But your coat, you're sawing it. it
3: oh. <laughs> Confounded thing Stand back, Leroy <laughs>
4: Good work, Unc That makes 17 Only 31 to go
3: 31?
4: <laughs> oh, Mr. Gildersleeve
3: uh, Down here, Bertie
4: have you been down here all afternoon? Never talk to a man when he saw him, Bertie.
3: Don't be impudent, Leroy. Uh,
0: excuse me, Mr. Gilsey. Miss Ransom's on the phone.
3: Oh, Mrs. Ransom?
0: Yes, if she wants to know, could you come over to our house for a little tea? Could
3: I? <laughs>
6: <laughs> oh, Uncle!
3: Uh, tell her I hear I come, Bertie.
4: But Uncle, what about the doghouse?
3: Well, you get the idea now, Leroy. I'll leave the finishing touches to you.
4: Finishing touches? We haven't even started. I don't know how to go on.
3: I'll tell you what to do. You find a nice soapbox and cut a hole in one end for a (laughs) door. Tell her I'll be right there, Bertie.
4: Gosh, what a character.
5: How do you like your teeth, Rock Martin? Strong or weak?
3: Well, I'm not much of a tea hound, to tell the truth. I like it anyway.
5: (laughs) You like it strong, probably, because you're so strong. <laughs>
3: I suppose you like it weak. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh, silly. Tell me, what are you doing this evening? Have you any plans?
3: A uh, plan's not a thing. Oh,
5: good. You'll stay to supper then.
3: Oh, will I? Leela, what's up? Come on, tell me.
5: Oh, Martin, you're so impetuous.
3: All right, I'll sit over here then. (laughs) Now tell
5: me. Well, drink your tea first. You know, Martin, I've had a feeling you've been a little put out with me lately.
3: Put out? I don't know where you got that. It's
5: true, you know it is. Tell me, is it because of Dr. Hargrave?
3: Why should I be put out about him? He means nothing to me, one way or the other.
5: Well, I thought maybe it was because of that party New Year's Eve and because I've been seeing so much of him lately.
3: Emil, This tea is good. Mm,
5: I'm glad. (laughs) I'm glad you like it. Uh, Tell me, now that you've been to him, don't you agree that he's wonderful? Who's wonderful? Dr. Hargrave.
3: I don't see what's so wonderful about him. Just a doctor.
5: Uh, Oh, but I think all doctors are wonderful. Uh.
3: Ever hear you rave about Dr. Pettibone? Of course, Pettibone doesn't kiss your hand.
5: Uh, Throckmorton, if you're implying that Dr. Hargrave has made advances to me, you're mistaken. Gracious, he's much too busy to have any interest in poor little me. All he cares about is science. Uh
6: Uh-huh. Hmm,
5: that's all any real doctor cares about, science. Ah, I love science.
3: Uh Uh-huh.
5: You think he looks a little like Walder Pigeon, don't you?
3: Who's Walder Pigeon?
5: <laughs> you mean to tell me you've never seen Walder Pigeon in the movies?
3: I can't tell one movie actor from another.
5: Oh, I saw him in the life of Madame Curie last week, and he was wonderful, even with the beard. Oh, so was Greg Austin. Huh? All she did was stand at his side day and night and be a help to him and bring him little things to eat. That's all i ask. What? Just to be allowed to stay at his side and feel that I was contributing my little bit to science.
3: Are you talking about Waller Pigeon or Dr. Hargrave?
5: Throckmorton, you're laughing at me. No,
3: I'm not only. Well, I... he
5: doesn't laugh at me. He told me he'd take me along with him on a case sometime.
3: Leela, if you got me over here just to tell me how wonderful Dr. Hargrave. Oh,
5: well, I'm sorry, Throckmorton. I know you're jealous, and I should. I'm been.
3: not jealous. Just because I'm not a doctor. Gosh, you'd think doctors were the only people who were wonderful.
5: Oh, we can't all be doctors, Throckmorton. I know that. It takes all kinds. Thank you. Now, you're a business man. That's wonderful, too. Hmm. Well. (laughs) It is. (laughs) You understand about financial things and all. Things that just make my poor head swim.
3: Matter of training, that's all.
5: Well, it's more than that. It takes genius. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm.
3: course, if you want to call it that. Oh.
5: I just admire anyone show when they can add and subtract and everything. <laughs>
3: I bet Hargraves can't do it. I bet Waller Pigeon can't either.
5: Hmm. That's why I asked you over this evening, Frank Martin.
3: What? Why?
5: Well, I, I thought we'd be here together and we could just. Well, you see, I got my income tax this morning And <laughs> I declare I can't make head or tail of it
3: So that's it,
5: Leo? Oh, but I'd stay by your side every minute, Throckmorton And bring you little things to eat <laughs> Please, pretty please uh,
3: by George, I wish I'd stuck to stinky in the doghouse <laughs> Let's get back to the great Gildersleeve.
2: Two hours have passed, but he's right where we left him. Trapped by the widow ransom's soak-and-snare
3: and floundering around in her income tax. Well, let's see here. Business or profession. Fill in Schedule C, too. Farmers keeping no books or a cop. Well, she's not a farmer. That much I know. She's not in the armed forces. <laughs> supper. Oh, thank goodness.
5: Oh, don't get up, darling. I'm bringing it to you on a tray.
3: Oh, what do you got?
5: Well, it's just a sandwich and a glass of milk.
3: Is that what Walter Pigeon gets?
5: Oh, silly. I thought as long as we'd had tea, you wouldn't be wanting much, and this way you won't have to interrupt your work.
3: Oh, that's great.
5: (laughs) How are you coming? Oh, I can see you're doing just fine.
3: I haven't even started yet, Leela. If you want me to help you with this thing, you'll have to give me the necessary information.
5: Oh, I'll be glad to, Throckmorton, if it's not too personal.
3: (laughs) (laughs) To begin with, Leela... Have you had any net gain or loss from sale or exchange of property other than capital assets?
5: Gracious, how should I know? I'd have to ask Judge Hooker.
3: Well, why don't you? Why don't you get him to make out your whole income tax? He's your lawyer.
5: I know, but I've asked the judge to help me with so many things lately. I just couldn't ask him to do any more without charging me. Yes,
3: sir. Uh, well, he'd be glad to do it.
6: You really think so?
3: He'd be delighted. Yeah. yeah, let's call him up and get him right over here
5: right? Oh, I couldn't ask him, Strockmorton Then
3: I will Where's the telephone?
5: Um, right over there, under that door You just lift up Oh, cute uh,
3: uh, Right in the judge's line, Leela you will He'll be... Hello, Judge How'd you guess? Say, listen, to you old son of a gun Where have you been keeping yourself lately? I haven't seen you in a week Is that any way to treat your friends? Oh, well, me too Say, Judge, guess where I'm phoning you from? I'm at Leela's. Yes. Having more darn fun. Well, we got to thinking about you, Judge. And Leela said, gee, I wish Horace were here. And I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to call him right up and see if he can't come over. How about it, Judge? Great. Hurry now. You know, Judge, be sure and bring your glasses. (laughs) (laughs) You see? Just leave it to your Uncle Throckmorton. He'll be right over That can't be him.
5: Oh, excuse me. Why, it's Mr. Peavy. Come in,
7: Peavy. Oh, good evening, Mr. Rancho. well Hello. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Gellisleeve. Won't you
5: take off your coat? Oh,
7: no, I won't stay, Mrs. My, I, I was on my way home to supper, and I just dropped by to leave there.
5: Kleenex! Rock Martin. it's a box of Kleenex! <laughs> Kleenex? Oh, you don't know how hard it is to get. Oh, Mr. Peavy, you're a lamb. I declare I could just kiss you.
7: Well, no, I wouldn't do that. I... <laughs> As a matter of fact, I I had it put away for you under the counter Then I went away for a few days Uh, I heard you had the flu, Peavy. How are you feeling? Oh, just fine, Mr. Gellersleeve. Fit as a fiddle Oh?
3: (laughs) Fit as a fiddle and ready for love, huh?
7: Well, I I, uh, hope I'm not interrupting anything here (laughs) Oh, no, Peavy. Stick around. We weren't doing anything
5: (laughs) Just my income time
3: Uh, No rush about that you say you are out of town for a few days?
7: Uh, yes. Mrs. Peavy and I had to go down to Belleville. Oh, great. Have a good time? Well, uh, we were there on a rather sad errand. Oh. My uh, mother-in-law, Mrs. Peavy's mother. Oh, that's too bad. Well, I guess we all have to go sometime. Well,
5: perhaps it was all for the best.
7: Well, I raised that point, but Mrs. Peavy... <laughs> She couldn't seem to see it my way. Of course, she was upset.
5: Oh, of course.
7: But it was a nice service. Dr. Coltenmeyer spoke a few words, and we saw a lot of people we hadn't seen in a long time. Everything was very nice. Mm,
5: That's always such a comfort, I
7: think. Yes. You know, the old lady lived with us for a good many years before she went to Belleville to live with her son.
3: I guess it won't seem like home without her.
7: No, I... (laughs) I yeah, guess I'd better be getting along home.
3: Uh, don't rush
5: off, Peavy. Oh, no, don't. We're not doing anything. Just trying to finish my income tax.
7: Yes,
3: income tax. Have you looked at the thing yet, Peavy?
7: Mr. Gilverstave, I looked at it this morning. And there's one thing I wish someone would tell me. Oh? What's that? Are they kidding? <laughs>
3: Thank heaven. Must be Hooker. I'll go. Well, hello, Judge. Come on in. Thank you, Gildy.
8: By golly. I'm glad you called me up. I'm just in the mood for a little diversion.
3: Oh, well, you came to the right place, Judge. (laughs) Here, let me have your coat. Thank you. Yes, sir. Plenty of diversion. (laughs) Charming hostess. Indeed she is. Where is Leela? In the other room. Plenty of diversion, Judge, and a chance to do a New Year's good deed, too. Mm Hmm. Good deed? Uh Uh-huh. Say, Horace... Let's help Leela with her income tax. Gildersleeve, you're a dirty dog. (laughs) 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 Why,
8: Horace, the poor
3: little girl is desperate. Are you going to let her think you're unwilling to help?
8: Well, I'm not unwilling. I just don't like to be invited to people's houses under false
3: pretenses. Oh, Horace, now, come on, be a sport. We'll have it done in no time. Well, I guess you haven't seen the new tax form. Well, Leela, here's Horace. Many hands make light work, you know.
5: Oh, Horace, you're an angel to help me.
3: Glad to do it for you, Leela. Glad to do it.
5: (laughs) Got your checkbooks here? Deposit slips? Morton, I knew he'd think of something practical right away. Here they are, Judge.
8: Fine. Now, these represent all the money you receive during the year, do they not?
5: Well, practically. All my big checks are deposited. Only once in a while I get a little bitty dividend and I just cash that.
3: Uh, This is going to be worse than I thought.
8: (laughs) Now, let me see that list of your securities. Now, write down all the dividends, whether you got them or not.
5: Uh, here's the list. Remember, you made it out for me yourself.
8: Yeah, I remember. I see. One share of Happy Valley Light and Power, $5. One share of Fisdale Improvement Company, $5. Leela,
3: let's go in the other room and sure, let the judge concentrate.
5: He might want to ask some
3: questions. No, he's got all the stuff right there. Come on.
5: Strachmorton, I don't feel right sneaking off like this while the judge is working.
3: We weren't helping him any. and there's something I can do to help, I'll do it. Come on. Let's sit by the fire.
5: No, I don't think we'd better somehow.
3: Oh? Oh, I've got a great idea. Let's dance.
5: Oh, no, the radio would disturb the judge.
3: We won't use the radio. I'll just sing softly in your little ear.
5: <laughs> well, just for a minute.
3: All right. Why do I love you? Why do you love me? <laughs> oh,
5: you da, do da, dance da, 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 nicely, Throckmort. Now, now, let's just dance, shall we? Uh,
3: Let's go downtown someplace and dance, Leela. Just for a little while The judge will never notice We've gone
5: Why, Throckmorton What a disloyal idea You got Horace over here To help
3: you Yeah, and he's being A big help <laughs> Listen, Beaver <please>. No,
6: Throckmorton
5: <laughs> Stop oh, okay. oh. Hey,
6: Gildersleeve,
3: What's going on? Oh, we
8: were just dancing, Judge Dancing? I don't see any orchestra Oh, uh, Throckmorton Was singing for the music yeah. Well, that sounds more like What I came over for Gillis <laughs> Lee Suppose you go check my edition While I tread a few measures Judge, I'll take your audition
3: On trust no. <laughs> I'd feel
8: much better if you check it, Throckmorton.
3: Uh, This is no fair, you old goat.
8: (laughs) Leela, may I have the pleasure
5: of this dance? I'd be delighted, Judge.
8: All right. Play, orchestra, play. Put on your old gray bonnet with a blue ribbon on it while well, I put old Diamond to the shade. Or we're off to Dover through the fuse out clover on a
5: golden wedding day. Oh, my goodness, Horace, you certainly dance vigorously. <laughs>
8: Thank you, Lila you're a very good dancer yourself Oh,
5: thank you
8: You're looking very handsome, too
5: Now, Judge
8: Say, why don't you and I go down to Peavy's and get a soda? Throckmorton will never notice
5: Why, well, Horace Hooker, I thought you came over here to help me Well, I did, but Gildy's doing so well, I
8: thought Oh, come on, just take us a few minutes Judge,
5: you ought to be ashamed
3: Is this man annoying you, madam? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
5: with the addition, Throckmorton?
3: Yeah, and the judge made a mistake, too. I don't believe it. Where was it? That's for you to find out. It's there. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Leela. It's my dance.
5: Oh, now, you boys are being ridiculous, both of you. Let's go and finish up my poor little income tax and then we can all have fun. But, Leela, it's my turn. Now, you have the first turn. Now you're all even. Come on, Throckmorton. Let's finish up.
3: Oh, well, come on, Judge.
5: All right. Now, let's see. Leela, did you make any contributions during the year 1943? Well, I put 50 cents in the plate every Sunday. Oh, mercy, who can that be? Excuse me, Horace Throckmorton.
3: All right, Judge, contributions is easy. What about net capital gains? Let me see you explain that, Mrs. Martin.
2: Ah, good evening, Mrs. Ransom.
5: Why, Dr. Hargrave, what a surprise. Well, I
2: warned you I'd need your help on a case sometime. Would you like to be an angel of mercy for a little while?
5: Oh, I surely would, doctor. I've
2: got a call about twenty miles out in the country. Some farmer's broken his leg, but it's a nice moonlight night, and my tank is full of gas.
5: Oh, how exciting! (laughs) How exciting. Uh, the broken leg, I mean.
2: Well, are you game?
5: Well, I'll tell you, I've got two income tax men here working on my return, and I don't...
2: Oh, we'll be back in two hours, I promise.
5: Oh, what is it, Lila? Oh, right, Morton, I didn't... Oh,
3: hello there, Gildersleeve uh, and Judge Hooker. Good evening. Hello, Hargrave. What do you want, your $2? <laughs> <laughs> no, I...
2: I've got an emergency case I've got to see, Gildersleeve, and Mrs. Ransom has very kindly consented to go
3: along as my... Uh, anesthetist.
6: Oh, Dr.
5: Hargrave.
3: <laughs> now, look here, Leela.
5: Leela, this isn't fair. It's
0: only 20 miles. 20 miles.
5: Oh, where's my coat? Is this it? Oh, yes, yes, thank you. Now, you boys keep working, you hear? I'll be back in an hour. But, Leela. Leela. Goodbye. Bye. Le- uh, I'll be
8: doggone. What's he got that
3: we haven't got? A C card. That's women for you. <laughs> Leroy, it's half-past eight. Bedtime, my boy.
4: Why, so it is, Unc. I've been working so hard I didn't notice. Well,
3: doing your homework?
4: Oh, no, I finished that Saturday. Huh? I've been cleaning up the cellar.
6: Well, well.
4: Good night, Uncle Mort.
3: Hmm... I wonder what's come over him. <laughs> Good night, everybody.
9: <laughs> the music head on this program was directed
2: by Quad Sweet. This is Ken Carpenter, speaking for the Craft Cheese Company, I'm inviting you to listen in again next week for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve.
1: Stay tuned for the Lone Ranger next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for the Lone Ranger, who tonight meets up with another legendary character, Buffalo Bill.
2: I'm Silver Boy! A fiery horse with the speed of life. A cloud of dust and a hearty hi silver, the Lone Ranger. <laughs> From out of the past and the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver, the Lone Ranger rides with Buffalo Bill.
6: Come on, Silver! We're going to meet Bill Cody and Silver! America in 1857.
2: James Buchanan was inaugurated as 15th President of the United States. 1857. When Stephen Douglas debated national issues with a homespun Illinois lawyer named Abraham Lincoln. 1857, the year that saw a steady and ever-increasing stream of pioneers move westward along the Oregon Trail. 1857, when a sturdy 11-year-old boy found himself the sole support of his widowed mother and sisters on a small farm in the territory of Kansas. That boy's name was William Frederick Cody. Whoa, whoa, whoa there, whoa. Billy.
10: Hi, sis. Oh, what have you got? Enough meat to last us for a few days. Six rabbits and a couple of wild turkeys. Here, help me carry them. Sure. Where's Ma?
6: In the kitchen. She's...
10: Billy,
4: what in the world? Six rabbits and two turkeys, Ma.
10: Hello, Ma. Oh, that's wonderful. You're a fine hunter, son. Just put them here on the porch.
4: How'd you do it, Billy? Shoot so many, I mean.
10: <laughs> well, I'll tell you, sis. The cottontails and the turkeys down by the creek kind of like me, so they just sit still and let me pick them off. (laughs) Oh,
4: they do not. You must
10: be tired, son, after hunting all morning. Come on in the house. I'll fix something to eat. Haven't got time. It's almost noon. Got to ride into town or I'll be late for the dog shoot. Dog shoot? What are you talking about? You know, folks around here have one every year about this time. Anybody with a rifle can enter the contest. What sort of a contest? A crowd goes out about a quarter mile east of town where all those prairie dog mounds are. We take turns to see who can knock off a prairie dog when he sticks his head out of the ground.
4: You couldn't do that. Prairie dogs move too fast. They duck into their holes so quick you can't see them.
10: That's a trick, sis, to shoot before they duck. But son, there'll probably be a lot of grown men in the contest, aren't you? A little young. There's nothing in the rules about how old you have to be. I think I can shoot as good as anybody else. Besides, I need the rifle. This one's kind of worn out. Rifle? That's the first prize. Whoever wins the shoot gets a brand-new Spencer rifle. Well, that's fine, but... Then you insist keep your fingers crossed. Because I'm going to win it if I can. I'll be back for supper.
11: Well, if you folks will quiet down now, we'll start the prairie dog shoot. (laughs) I got quite a list of names here. As I call them off, you Nimrod step up. Sam Pruitt, Art Olsen, Jerry Gow, Frank and Charlie Slade, Link Sawyer. Mister? Oh, mister. Don't bother me, kid.
10: I just want to be sure you got my name on that list. What? Uh, your name? Sure. Phil Cody.
11: Now, <laughs> listen, kid. This contest is just for gents who can shoot. Not for little jiggers like
10: you. You will say anybody can enter. Well, I don't know. That's
11: right. Uh, let him shoot if he wants to. Hey, you ain't going to let a youngster like him shoot against men, are you? Now, wait a minute, Link Sawyer. You ain't over 16 yourself.
10: <laughs> I'll bet he's not half that old. I am, too. I'm 11 going on 12, and I can shoot as good as Link any day. Why, you little... Hold it,
11: Sawyer. Boy's right. This contest is for everybody. So the last name on my list is... Uh, uh, Bill Cody. Bill Cody.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Now, here's
11: the rules. As you can see, there are 50 or 60 prairie dog mounds all around us. None of the critters are in sight now, but you never can tell when one of them will pop his head out of one of those holes. (laughs) Each of you gents gets three chances. (laughs) And I'm here to tell you, one hit out of three is mighty fine shooting. All right. First man is Sam Pruitt. Ready, Sam? Yeah. There's one, Sam. Nail him. Missed. Ah, uh, the little critter duck back in his hole. Better luck next time, Sam. Olsen, it's your turn. Step right up. They're popping up all over. Shoot! Next man is Jerry Gow. Step up, Jerry. scored so far except link sawyer this is the last round and the next man up is bill cody i'm
10: right here sir
11: go to it son (laughs) maybe a baby would have better luck with a pot gun shut up link kind of tough on the kid it's been so much shooting that a prairie dog won't stick up his head for love no money yeah he can't beat link sawyer even if he does hit one hey look he's got a pistol stuck in his belt what's that for i don't know all the guns in the world will make one of those prairie dogs stick his head above ground. What, what's he doing? I'm like a prairie dog. And look! Look! <laughs> By jumping juniper. He nailed two of them one with the rifle and one with the pistol. Yeah. Crack shot! Never saw such shooting in my life. Here's the new rifle, son. You want it fair and square. Thanks. Hey, how'd you ever get that idea of making them prairie dogs show their heads? Imitating another dog sure did the
10: trick. Well, I just figured if I was a prairie dog hiding in a hole, what would I stick my head up for? I don't know. What? Another prairie dog. (laughs) Thanks again for the rifle, Mister. I gotta be going now. Promise me I'll be home for supper.
2: following years were eventful ones for Bill Cody, he was soon known throughout the western frontier as an expert horseman and gunshot. In 1860, he was one of the fearless young riders who comprised the famous Pony Express. Come on, boy. We're carrying the mail. Get up there. At the close of the Civil War, during which he served in the United States Army, Cody found his beloved frontier moving even further west on rails of steel. His fame as a scout and buffalo hunter was now well-established. The Union Pacific Railroad needed fresh meat for its track construction crews. Bill Cody was hired to supply it. One morning in late spring, as he urged his mount toward the tree-lined bank of a small creek, he was surprised to come upon two other horsemen.
9: Oh, oh, skin. Well, I'll be a masked outlaw and a redskin. Better start reaching, gents. I've got you covered. You're making a mistake, Bill. Well, for an owl hoot, you made a pretty good guess at my name. I don't I aren't outlawed. Sure, you deny that. What'd you say? Who's Tonto? My Indian friend. You call him Tonto? Say, where's the horse you're riding, stranger? Silver's right over there. Ground hitch. Silver? Then then you must be... Why don't be... you dismount, Bill? Come on over and sit down. Yeah. Now I know I'm right. You're the lone ranger. I, uh... Guess I was a little bit previous throwing down on you like I did. Always best to be on the safe side. You know, you're the one person I've always wanted to meet. Never figured it'd happen like this. I've been anxious to meet you, Cody. I've heard some fine things about you. Oh, nothing I've done is very important. Other people seem to think so. You've come a long way from the boy back in Kansas who won a rifle by fooling the prairie dogs. (laughs) Say, how'd you know about that? Now you're hunting buffalo. Yeah, it's a good job. And ordinarily I'd like it. It wasn't for days like today. What's wrong? Oh, I'm riding herd on a party of eastern tourists. They're waiting over near the railroad about a mile south of here.
7: What's the idea?
9: They want to watch me kill some buffalo. I'm getting a few shots themselves, I guess. There's a herd grazing up at this end of the valley. I'm supposed to drive them down past the tourists.
2: That shouldn't be hard.
9: No. But while I'm doing it, I'm liable to lose my chance to bag the day's meat supply for the railroad men. I can't get out of it, though. So might well well bit... Wait a minute, Bill. Suppose the buffalo came down the valley without you hurting them. Couldn't you get in all the shots you need that way? Yeah, sure. Do you know what contrary critters buffalo are? No way of figuring where they'll head for. Besides, I've got to be careful. There's a couple of women in that party of tourists. Uh, maybe Tonto and I can help you. We still have those buffalo skins in our camp here, Tonto. Ah, skins wrapped in saddle roll. Good. Well, Tonto and I'll try the old Indian trick bump over our horses and throw the buffalo skins over us, and get close enough to that herd of critters to head them down this way. That's the idea. Hey, if you can do that, it would give you a chance to shoot. Well, we'll do our best. You go back and chaperone the tourists. Remember, Todd and I'll be trailing that herd disguised as a couple of buffalo. So, don't let your eastern friends throw any wild <laughs> shots. I'll watch them. Buckskin. Oh. Well, how about it, Cody? Where's that herd of buffalo you promised us? They'll be along soon enough, folks. Now, remember what I told you. Stay on this side of the herd. You can pace it if you want to, but don't get too close. And keep your sights low. Where are you going to be, Cody? I'll work towards the drag end. Here it comes.
11: Look, there must be thousands of them. Well, isn't this exciting?
9: Careful, ma'am. All right, let's go. Come on, Buckskin. Get out! I,
6: I, I can't... He's running away. Help! Help! Hello. Oh, no. Those fools have tried to... The first time feeling... Ah! That woman will be killed unless we get... Come on, silver! Get him off, scound! Come on!
2: Of the great horse Silver, enabled the Lone Ranger to thread his way through the raging tide of buffalo and reached the frightened woman and her fear crazed horse. Come on,
6: Silver. Teddy, Teddy, give me your arm and I'll I'll have to lift you. Now we'll ride, devil. Now, come on,
9: Silver. Oh, skin. I'm sorry the herd stampeded. But there's no way to figure those things. That's all right, Cody. It wasn't your fault. Ah, it was great sport anyway. The woman isn't seriously hurt, just frightened. Frightened?
11: What happened? I don't know exactly. We all became separated and I couldn't see anything in the dust. She's all right now. Just fainted, I think. I sent her back to camp before she had any more crazy dreams. Dreams? Yeah. (laughs) Guess her horse got out of control. Then she claims that one of the buffalo turned into a tall man wearing a black mask. That he saved her life. (laughs) And <laughs> then another buffalo turned into an Indian.
9: <laughs> so that's what happened. Maybe the woman wasn't as crazy as you think. What? Uh, nothing. You wouldn't understand. By the way, Bill,
11: you did quite a bit of shooting. How many buffalo did you get?
9: Just yes, 12. It's all the ammunition I had. Two six-guns. You mean you...
11: 12 buffalo with 12, <laughs> 12 bullets? <laughs> Ned can hardly believe it. Even though he's been writing stories I like get about you for the past two years. Writing stories? Sure. This is Ned Buntline, writes for magazines and newspapers. He calls his stories Bill Cody in the Wild West. Bill Cody the Buffalo Hunter. (laughs) Stuff like that. I won't write any more of those kind of names. From now on, I'm going to make Bill Cody known the world over as Buffalo Bill. (laughs) The curtain
2: falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes... Please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Now to continue our story. It was four years later, after he had completed his job as official hunter for the railroad, that Buffalo Bill became an army scout attached to General Sheridan's command. One day in June, he was riding north to the Black Hills Country... Approaching signal plough, be reined up sharply. Oh, hold Buckskin! Better stop
9: here and get some rest. Yeah, there's a lot of hard riding ahead of Hello, us. Hello, Bill. What? Why, the Lone Ranger. Where'd you come from? Toto and I have been waiting here in this grove of trees for almost an hour. Ah. I'm sure glad to see you. It's been a long time since... Say, I never did get to thank you for saving the life of that tourist woman when the buffalo stampeded. You're scouting for the army now, aren't you, Bill? Yeah. Carrying dispatches for General Sheridan. He's at Fort Larned. I see. Which way are you heading? North. Have some orders for General Custer. He and the 7th Cavalry left Fort Abe Lincoln about three weeks ago. Sheridan's kind of worried about Indian trouble. He figures. You won't he'll... have to go that far north to find Indian trouble, Bill. What do you mean? I told you. Dotton and I have been here for over an hour. I've been watching the top of the bluff. Look. Smoke signals. Arapahoes. Evidently, an advance war party of twenty or thirty braves. They spotted their heck of ponies in a little draw south of here. Arapahoes, huh? Eh? I knew those bloodthirsty devils. It's would... Serious, Bill. Todd has been reading their smoke signals. Yeah. What's up? Braves on top of bluff signal
2: main camp, other end of Grove Venter Valley. They say attack
11: white man's wagon train tomorrow when sunrise. Wagon train? Must be a large one, Bill. Ah, Signal say. Two, maybe 300 white men in train.
9: A Arapahoe. Get plenty scouts. Well, I'll be... I didn't know there were any trains heading through Groove into Valley this summer. But I've been with the Army for a year. The Arapahoe's plan to attack a 300-man wagon train. They must have at least a thousand braves in their main camp. Yeah, easy. Those sneaking redskins wouldn't make a play unless the odds were three to one. And it's too big for us to handle. Where's the nearest Army post, Bill? Fort Robbins. Southwest of here. We've got to bring help before tomorrow morning. Best way to handle engines is to find out where their main camp is and make a play before they do. Another thing. The wagon train has to be warned. Toto, uh, you ride to the fort. Tell the commanding officer what we've discovered. you will need all the men he can muster. Uh, your scout. Ride hard, Toto, and fast. He uh, do it. Get him up, scout. Well, how about it, Bill? One of us should trail these brays when they come down from the bluff. The other one find that wagon train. I'll stay here. Stick on the Redskins' trail. Good. Here, Silver. You won't have any trouble cutting a sign to follow me. And when Tonto brings the soldiers, we'll meet him south of here. That's it. Steady. Steady, Silver. Say, man. I forgot to ask you. Yeah? Where were you and your friend heading when you stumbled onto this? Killing a renegade white who's been selling a lot of whiskey to the Indians. Yeah? His name is... Oh, but all that can wait till later. Bill, look. The Braves have left the top of the bluff. They'll be down here in a few minutes. You skin out for the wagon drain. I'll trail these red devils. Right. Come on, Silver.
2: It was many miles of hard riding and an hour past sundown before the Lone Ranger reached the western end of Grove Enter Valley and sighted the wagon train. He saw almost a hundred prairie schooners and wagons circled for the night around several large campfires. The fact that no guards were posted enabled him to reach the camp unchallenged. Oh, oh Silver, steady. Easy now.
9: You wait here, boy. I'll be right back. Oh, just a minute. What Who's the leader of this wagon train? Where can I find mask? him? Mask,
11: an auto.
9: You can't... I'm no outlaw, but I can't waste time arguing with you.
11: A gun. Mr. Everett. Mr. Everett. Yes, lady. Can you co- I mean, uh, come out here and... Yeah, what's the trip, with this man, he... You mean he, it.
2: He's
9: waiting a mask. Don't worry about my mask, Mr. Everett. If you're in charge of this train, I have important news for you. Who are you? I've ridden here from Signal Blanc to tell you that the Arapahoes are on the warpath. They intend to attack your wagon train at daybreak. Arapahoes. How do you know? We read their smoke signals to the main camp, which is hidden somewhere near here. An Indian raid? you mind telling me who's scouting for you, who brought you into the valley? Now, wait a minute. I don't know you. Why should I tell someone who rides in here where I'm the mask? with The fact that he... you don't know me doesn't make the danger any less. Buffalo Bill and Buffalo I are good. Bill. I know him. He's trailing a party of Arapahos right this minute, trying to locate their main camp. They've sent to Fort Robbins for soldiers to help hey. you. You know, stranger, in spite of that mask, I almost believe you. Good. I promise you, you're making no mistake. Now, where's your trail scout? Well, he's not here. He was ahead of us all afternoon. Hasn't come back yet. Hasn't? That's strange that a scout wouldn't stay with... What's his name?
11: A fellow named Sawyer, Link Sawyer. We hired him back in Missouri when we formed the train for Oregon. Sawyer? Do
9: you know him? Sawyer's a man that I've been... No wonder you fell right into an Indian trap. What do you mean? There isn't time to explain. Now, listen carefully. You value your own life and the life of every man, woman, and child in this train. Do what I say. What is it? Break out every gun you have. Bank your fires and keep the women and children near them. Arm every man and post guards at least a quarter mile on all sides. I'll do it. What are you all going All Buffalo do? Bill and I can do is to try to find the Arapahoe camp and hope the Tonto has reached Fort Robbins. Now, remember what I said. Break out every gun. Say it, big fella.
6: Come on, Silver. <laughs>
9: The Lone Ranger rode back
2: to signal bluff as fast as Silver could take him. There he found a trail sign that told an ominous story. From the broken underbrush, many hoof prints, and the bodies of several dead Indians, he knew that Buffalo Bill had been discovered by the Arapaho Braves. Whether the famous scout had been killed could be answered only by trailing the Indians who had evidently survived his gunfire. It was several hours later before the Lone Ranger finally found the Arapaho's main camp. He saw hundreds of teepees pitched around a cleared square that was lit by flaming torches. Scores of half-naked savages danced to the throb of Indian drums... ...and the wild shouts of shamans and medicine men. Thankful that it was still dark, the Lone Ranger dismounted... ...and slipped quietly through the shadows until he reached the edge of the camp. Suddenly, the drums and dancing ceased. A ghastly hush fell over the ranks of Arapaho warriors... ...as a weirdly clad shaman or witch doctor walked to the center of the cleared space. He wore a hideous mask that resembled a skull with curved horns protruding from a wig of dyed porcupine quills. The moment he started to speak, the lone ranger realized he was not an Indian. He was a white man.
11: Hear me, almighty warriors of the Arapaho. We have captured the yellow-haired white man who has also brought death to many of our people. Now, he must
6: die! He
11: must die in the flames of a burning stake. Then at sunrise we ride to find many more white scalps. They wait for us in Grove better Valley. This is the will of the war god!
2: Familiar with Indian customs, the Lone Ranger knew from what he had heard that Buffalo Bill was probably being held in one of the teepees. The question was how to find him before the war dance ended. Moving quickly in darkness, he reached the rear of what appeared to be the largest buckskin lodge.
9: He slit the taut covering with a pocket knife. What's that? Bill, I came to set you free. Andrew, watch out! Tom I didn't miss your skull half an inch. Thanks for warning me. What are you thanking me for? You're the one who's always popping up just when I'm in a spot too tight to get out of. Here, mind cutting these ropes Sure. Or... He spotted me at the bluff before I knew it. There were too many red varmints for one man to handle. Yes, I thought so. Well, I've worn the wagon train. That dance out there liable to stop any minute. Yeah, and I know. Then. Say, yeah? the shaman, he's a wrap of have got us no more a red skin than I am. I heard him talk. So did I. He's a renegade white tunnel I've been trailing. Name is Link Sawyer. Link Sawyer? Well, I'll You be. know him? Yeah, I used to. Back in Kansas when I was a kid. He's the one who's responsible for all of this. hired out to the wagon train as a scout and led them into this trap. Link Sawyer... He always was an ornery cuss. Well, the Redskins left my Winchester here with me. I ought to take it. Killing Sawyer now would only make things worse. The toughest job is ahead of us, getting out of this camp. Come on. Oh, it won't be long till they find out... They've got to run for it. My horse is still too far away. Head for that gully over there. We'll have to hide.
2: next hour, the Lone Ranger and Buffalo Bill huddled close to the ground in a shallow gully near the Indian camp. They realized that luck alone had kept them from being discovered. Yet, they were unable to move because they were surrounded. This guy getting
9: lighter, Bill. It'll be daybreak in a few minutes. It'll be too late. The Indians can afford to wait. They know I'm here someplace. Yes, if we're going to make a break, run for the trees over there, it'll have to be now. Oh, that'll be suicide. I know how these sneaking Indians figure. They're holed up all around us. They'll stay that way till they know where we are, and they'll open up. Most of them have ridden off, headed north for the valley. I hope Tala reached the fort and brought the soldiers back with him. Yeah, but that don't help us none. If I only knew where them varmints were hiding. I could pick off a few with my Winchester, and we might break through. That's a good idea, but... No, it ain't. Look, if you raise your head, the only thing you can see on all sides of us is trees, logs, and rocks. Ten to one, the Indians are behind some of them. But how are we going to know... There's just no way to make them show themselves. Yes. You're a dead shot, Bill. The Indians would only raise their heads and give... They might if... How? Listen, didn't I hear a story a long time ago about you and some prairie dogs who wouldn't show their heads? Some prairie... Yeah. Yeah, it's worth a try. If it does work, we'll have to run fast before the rest of them realize what's going on. Well, it's light enough to see now. So here goes. (laughs) That's it. There's three of them, Bill. Over this way. Come on, there's one way clear.
6: Oh,
9: silver. You'll carry double. Come on, steady, big Quiet!
6: Come on, Silver!
11: Whoa, oh, silver, oh boy. Whoa, oh,
9: look, it's a wagon train. They're putting up a good fight. But there's too many Arapahoes. They'll just keep circling like that till they finally close in. And the think that Sawyer, that dirty, low-down murderer, scum, listen. The soldiers, and they're really slapping leather.
6: Come on, silver.
9: saved his lives. Yep. You can always figure the United States Army will do a good hey, job. We're Roland indebted to you for sending that man with a mask. He warned us. Oh, I didn't send him. It was his own idea. If he hadn't stopped me at Signal Bluff yesterday, I would have gone on north to join General Custer. Custer? It's a good thing you didn't. What do you mean? Well, haven't you heard?
11: One of the Army officers told me just a few minutes ago General Custer's entire command were massacred at the Little Big Horn yesterday afternoon.
9: Massacred. Well, I'll be. And I might. You still haven't told me who he is, that uh, friend of yours that wears a mask. That's something nobody really knows, for sure. I don't understand. The best way to put it is like this As long as he and what he represents remains alive in this country, we've got the greatest nation in the world. But uh, who is he? The Lone Ranger.
2: heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated.
1: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's The Shadow, followed by the Aldridge family. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor.